Hey there, and welcome to the Agency Rockstars podcast. I'm Dana Lindahl, and I'm the founder of LegendaryLeadGen.com, where we help B2B companies become authorities in their industry, set more sales appointments, and convert those appointments into more sales. We also help other agencies sell our patented process on to their own clients. And we truly believe in the value of building and creating relationships, and in that being the main driver of new sales for agencies. So... Stick around to the end of the show. We're going to be revealing how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing agency podcasts on the planet. All right, let's get straight into it. All right, rock stars, welcome back to the show. My name is Dan. I'm your host, and I am excited to welcome to the stage another rock star to bring you some amazing insights and stories and information and inspiration. Her name is Julie Seal Gostad. Welcome, Julie. Thank you, Dan, for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Uh, I know that you have a really cool story. We have we have talked before in the past, so I'm I'm really excited to bring your story to these listeners. Uh, you are the CEO and founder of Miris Agency. Tell me a little bit about Miris and how you got into the agency world, if you would, Julie. Sure, absolutely. So. Believe it or not, I went to college and to be a first grade teacher and followed my mom and grandma and great grandma's footsteps. And all the while, when I was going to school, I was doing what we call brand ambassador work or promotional modeling on the side, where I would go out and help promote brands to their target consumer. I had so much fun doing it and getting people excited and honestly selling the products and, um, and engaging people that way. And Unfortunately, I'm in California and there were some major budget cuts. So every year I would have to reapply and re-interview for my teaching job. And it was, you know, it was really tough. I love the kids and the parents, but the, the politics of it and the budgets were, were hard. So I ended up getting into marketing communications um, and still on the side, always in brand ambassador work, going out on the weekends and doing in-store demos or trade shows or golf tournaments. And at the end of 2018, sorry, 2008, um, I got in with a brand that wanted me to work more than I had time for. So I thought, ding, why not start my own agency, contract out to friends who wanted to get into the industry, what we call the experiential marketing or field marketing industry. Mm -hmm. And with the brand's approval, I was able to do this. And that's how Miris was formed. So we started with one client in San Diego in 2009. And just in field marketing, and have since grown to a nationwide level, representing upwards of 200 different brands and um, professional service-based businesses as well, because we now provide both offline in the in-person as well as online marketing support for a more omnichannel multi-strategy approach, which we see tremendous results because we have the different ways of reaching our clients' target customers. So that's it in a nutshell. Right on. It, yeah. se- it seems like there's got to be a tie there between teaching first graders and marketing to people. Like, yes. <laughs> like they're just, there's yeah. got to be a good metaphor there. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So inter- so interesting. You know, I look at, I personally look at marketing as a lot of teaching. And so I think of myself as a marketer, as kind of a teacher. So I think that's really interesting, your background. Very yes, cool. absolutely. And even with our clients, you know, educating them and, and obviously, I'm, you know, I'm coaching and consulting through the process, but educating them about, you know, what works and testing, measuring, and you're constantly learning and looking at how can we tweak something or 
um, what's working, let's do more of this and put more money in this. And so it is, it's, it's just constant growth and excitement, honestly. Yeah. yeah. yeah so cool. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's explore a little bit of, of the history of Miris. How, so this was more than a decade ago. How mm-hmm. over the course of that time have you scaled and grown the agency? My goodness. Um, well, I started as a sole proprietor, so it was just, just me. And then I hired my first intern when I knew I was getting to a point where I was like, I need help with some more, you know, administrative or day-to-day daily tasks. So I started with a part-time intern and then grew organically, but I was, um, working too late, drinking too much wine, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, not, not really living a healthy lifestyle. Cause I was just so, and I was also, I would say working full-time still at my, my other job and doing Miris and working on my masters and got to a point where it was, you know, it was time to, to make a decision. And mm-hmm. it was really exciting because at the time, you know, since I was 15 and a half and could have my first job, I've always had more than one job. I've always wanted my hands in, in different things. And um, I ended up leaving my full-time job and just putting, you know, putting all of my my time and, and resources into Miris and gave it 110%. It was like the first time that I actually felt I was doing what I was supposed to be doing, like I, what, what I was meant to do. And, um, so yeah, so I ended up leaving my full-time job at the end of 2010, uh, about a year and a half ish later and going full force with Miris. And from there it grew organically. So I had my, my part-time intern and, you know, I was, I was growing steadily year over year, but I knew I could do more. So at the end of 2015, I believe it was, I found a phenomenal business coach and she essentially helped me. I, I knew the things that I needed to do. I just didn't know where to start first or what should I, you know, what should I put time into? What should I put money into? What have you? And so it was great working with a coach to be able to hear all of the challenges and where I wanted to go to be able to figure out okay, where we're going to start. So at 2016 is when we started to double year over year. I went from one employee to six employees, to 10 employees, to 13 employees. So, you know, year over year, just having this growth where I was like, I was finally scaling and of course, entering into other channels. So we have different revenue streams, but also, you know, offering our clients more value with this omni-channel approach. And that's essentially the revolution or revolution, but evolution and, and how we were able to scale because, you know, without, without my team, the company wouldn't be where it is today. Yeah. And it it just kind of sounds like maybe that business coaching was sort of the catalyst for all of that. How important has coaching Mm -hmm. been for you over the years? Instrumental. I mean, it's, um, I call my, my coach is shout out to coach Carrie Kaufman and she's action with action coach. And she's, you know, I call her my, my business therapist, but also, you know, helping to work through the personal side because business you ultimately want your business to work for you, not you working for the business. So how is the business going to support where I want to go in my personal life and with my family and what I want it to provide for the family? And so having her help guide me through that and figure out, okay, where do I need to focus right now, especially through last year, which was so hard for everybody, just where, what are the the places and the, the things that I need to be focusing on now 
versus the shiny objects and the squirrels and everything else and having that accountability. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, it's, it's taken me to a place where I'm actually coaching now um, and I'm getting action coach certified this summer and nice. being able to start paying that forward and, you know, understanding like it's been so valuable for me and my business. And I want to be able to do that for, for others as well. So back to having more than one job again. So there you go. Right. That, that's but, awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> hey, uh, I, I have 12, 12 years of just one job. That's great. It's, <laughs> it's like not even a job. It's just it's this passion and, and excitement. And I mean, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool, Julie. So let's explore um, the clients of Miris a little bit through story. What's one of your favorite stories that highlights a specific way that you've been able to serve your clients? Gosh, I would have to say, I mean, there's so many, but I'll use a recent example. Um, As we, you know, we talked about last year in 2020, in March, everything stopped. So we had, I think we had about 600, what we call activations or in, in market, in-person marketing events scheduled for March through April. And all of those were canceled. And it wasn't just, you know, on us, it was our clients, you know, our clients that there was a missed opportunity for them to get in front of their target consumers, especially when, you know, there was, um, you know, it, it, at the retail level, shopping behaviors changed so drastically. And it was, you know, especially for our smaller brands, like how are we going to help them stand out from the big brands that people already knew and were loyal to if we couldn't be there in person to gear them a different way or get them to actually sample and try things. And so specifically with a few of our clients, we were able to show them how they could move that in-person experience online through influencer endorsement. So essentially using our brand ambassadors who would have been representing these brands anyway and aligned with the brands and you know were the perfect representation to have the target audience and moving that to Instagram and then having them actually promote these brands and um, helping to push e-commerce for our e-commerce brands that have both brick and mortar and e-commerce and just showing them that you know the importance of having that multi-strategy approach, especially during a pandemic, but also post-pandemic and how important that is and how it all works together. So I think that was an amazing opportunity for our clients that, you know, were, you know, their budget was mostly focused just on the field marketing or trade marketing, where we could pivot those budgets to show, you know, hey, this is a different way of reaching your target audience and still making sales and building loyalty. So it was very challenging, but also a tremendous opportunity for everybody. Yeah. yeah. So let's see if I understand this a little bit too. I'd love to dig into this just a, a little bit more. When, when you, like this field marketing is mm-hmm. having influencers at events mm-hmm. doing their thing and connecting and networking and marketing, right? Yes. Yeah, so this so isn't just necessary. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. What I was going to say, so... You know, you think about a, a brand ambassador and they are an extension of a brand and it could be a, a company, it could be an extension of a, a product that they really believe in. But when we're doing in-store demos or when we have our ambassadors at trade shows or golf tournaments, they're endorsing these products and this brand or this company. And so with the influencer marketing and taking that online, those brand ambassadors become online. Brand ambassadors, and they're offering 
endorsements just in a different medium. Yeah. And so like I, I can, even today it's still going on, but a year ago when, when events shut down, it was, well, let's move it all digital. We'll do basically mm-hmm. webinars. Um, and I just thought, man, the conversations get lost, the magic of the hallways, the interactions. But what I hear you say, Julie, is that instead of just moving it online, what you did with your folks is move it online into conversations via social media. So it's still about Mm -hmm. connection and conversations and that kind of thing, huh? Yeah. Um, Yes. So our, the purpose, our, our core purpose is to build brands through meaningful engagements. And we're all about this human connection. This is what we're all thriving on, which is why I'm just, one of the reasons last year was so hard for so many, because we didn't have those, like you said, in-person connections, walking through the hallways, hanging out with our friends. And so, yes, we, you know, we take that and we move that online and you still have those connections that you're building and that trust you're building with your following or, you know, with a specific hashtag and you're in that particular space or lifestyle. And building those connections there. Yeah. Very cool. So interesting. And and like you said, I, I can see this post-pandemic, um, mm-hmm. whenever we're truly past it or as we are evolving past it, um, this is, you know, whether it's Zoom meetings, whether it's virtual events, social media, we're going to continue to do this thing. So yes, I, I love mm-hmm. that you're working with that. Um, yeah. Thinking about some of your clients in the different industries, what are some of the biggest pain points that you see with your clients? Gosh, right now, right now, I would say it's um, in the last year, it's been a lot of how do we change our messaging? So last year when everything started, it was like, how do we change our messaging and fast? And now it's, okay, we've changed our messaging. We've transformed the messaging. Okay, now we're going to transform it this way. So one of the challenges is just making sure that they are still enacting their mission and what their brand represents, but making sure that they have the right message for where their target audience is right now. Put in a, I don't want to say post pandemic, cause we're still not post, but we're, you know, we're inching towards that. So it's just this constant um, engagement and we have, you know, conversations about that all the time. And I would also say in specifically to the in-store piece, there are more and more states that are opening and more and more retailers that are opening for in-store demos, but a lot of them can't sample. So it's almost like, especially with our alcoholic beverage clients, we're reverting back to you know five plus years ago when we used to have what we call dry demos, where we would just have to engage people and talk about it and educate, which is definitely something that we can continue to do. But that whole liquid to lips really helps with conversions. So that challenge is there interestingly again, but we already have experience with it and we know what works and we just have to, for those in-store demos, okay, what can we do to help convert new customers? And it's, you know, coupons or running in-store demos on while the products are on promo and things like that. Yeah. So there's some strategies there. Right on. When, when you talk about changing messaging, what was, what were some of those changes that happened last year? Why were your brands your clients changing the message and what were they changing it to? It depended on the timing. I mean, you know, initially in the beginning, it was the whole, we're, we're all in this together. And, and what does that look like? And then um, with so many brands moving 
to, to the digital space and moving their marketing dollars to digital, it was then how do we stand out? So it would be, um, you know, one of our brands, I'm trying to think of what the, what the slogan was, but they, they, their brand is all about fun. And again, it's human connection and relationships and, and things like that, and friends and family and getting together where it was more of, you know, getting together safely or how do you make zoom happy hours more fun. Mm-hmm. And so changing that message so that they stand out more online from all the noise. So it just depended on the type of product and honestly, the where we were month by month, sometimes day by day, week by week. So, you know. yeah, it, I, I hear in, in my mind, as you're describing that, I hear words like empathy, digital transformation, uh, rising above the noise. So mm-hmm. very interesting. Yeah. Uh, so I have, I have one last question to get to, to tap your mind one more time. Um, but I want to make sure that before we get there, that everybody has a chance who, uh, they're listening, they're loving it. They want to continue to stay connected with you, Julie, where do you send folks to learn more about you and Miris? You can go to our website, which is Miris, M-I-R-U-S.agency, or feel free to email me directly if you have any questions or you want to ask about what you're doing or what you should be doing for your brand or for your company to help you grow online or offline. I'm at Julie, J-U-L-I-E at Miris.agency. Those are two great ways. Awesome. Uh, Mm -hmm. And pretty easy to find on social media as well. You're active in LinkedIn, so look for that. Um, So your path was a little bit counterintuitive going from first grade teacher to marketing agency owner. Um, So this might be just right up your alley. Um, Oh boy, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Anything over the years that you have learned or advice that you've heard that seemed counterintuitive at first, but has that massive impact on your business once you embrace it? What does that look like? Oh gosh, that's deep, Dan. <laughs> it's, Friday, it's Friday afternoon. Right. Um, counterintuitive. I would say, uh, I don't, it was advice given to me, but I, I feel like I'm fairly humble and modest anyway. So I personally took it to heart. I was like, okay, how do we make this happen? Is that you can't do it all by yourself. And if you want to grow, if you want to scale, and it's okay if you don't, but if you want more time with your family, if you want more time for yourself to go and do the things that you're passionate about outside of your business, you need to get to a place and know where you're at financially or how much more do you need to sell or how much more profit do you need to have? How many more leads do you need? How many more calls do you make, et cetera, to get there to be able to have that person to start, like even if it's just your first person that you're hiring, um, because you can't do it by yourself and letting go of what you think you have control of is just so empowering where you realize that there are actually people that can do things better than you and, you know, let them have that, what they're good at and you get to keep what you're good at, but then also get the business to work for you. Yeah. Great advice. Very insightful. Um, Julie, thank you so much for being a part of Agency Rockstars. Uh, Mirror's Agency is is fascinating. You are a great guest, so I appreciate your time. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I hope everybody got some value out of this. Then go get them. That's right. Keep it going. 
Thanks for listening to the Agency Rockstars podcast. If you're an agency owner who would like to appear in this podcast, please visit legendaryleadgen.com slash podcast slash apply. Also, if you found this episode valuable, I would really appreciate you sharing it on social media. Even just a quick screenshot of the episode showing on your phone shared to social media would be great. If you truly enjoyed the episode, we'd also really love a rating in your favorite podcast player. Please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button so you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Thanks again for listening. I'm Dana Lindahl, and if you want to connect, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can also find more information about everything we're currently doing at legendaryleadgen.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope to hear from you soon.